This is The Converse, an apostolic tabernacle podcast all about sharing the truth of God's Word. In this podcast, you will hear sermons, panel discussions, and much more. If you would like more information about this ministry or would like to plan your visit, go to atwilmington.com. For now, enjoy your time on The Converse. What a wonderful opportunity we've had tonight to come to exalt the name of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I love singing. I love worshiping. I love God's Word. And I love getting together with God's people. What a privilege it is to lift our voices together and to lift our hands together, to lift our heart together before the Lord. And to have the opportunity, amen, to share what we feel in our spirits. I I haven't just waited till I got to church tonight to bust out with praise. I just, all through the day when it would come, I'd let it go. Amen. So, I worship today, but it's so wonderful to worship with you. Amen. And what a privilege it is to have a group that can sing like you, your praise team that just rolls out the red carpet all the way to Calvary. Amen. Just make, if you if you had an inkling of worship, you should have got it done right then. That was the time to do it. What a wonderful time it is to be in God's house. Well. I was 18 years old, the first time I preached in Wilmington. That was a while back. But my father and my grandfather preached in Wilmington before I was born. So uh, you may not know me, but my roots run deep in your city. And I feel at home here tonight, and I'm thankful. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Bishop, for the invitation. And this evening, I want to open our hearts in in maybe a little unusual way. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. It was God in Christ reconciling the world to himself amen Jesus is the only God you're ever going to see that name is the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved I don't want to hurt your feelings tonight. And if you're a visitor here, please don't be offended. Come back and listen to pastor preach. But Buddha won't get your sins washed away. Krishna will not get your sins washed away. If you want your sins washed away, you need to be baptized in the only name that will wash away your sins. And that is the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Amen. 
Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Sister Bingham and I are so honored to be with you. And we have Sister Bingham's sister who uh, came to travel with us a few days. And we're going to be at their brother's house for a week. And so we're just kind of wandering around out here. But it sure is good to be in church tonight. Amen. Is there anybody here that loves God? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to kind of be all over the, the spectrum tonight, so you may be seated and you may wonder where I'm going and when we get through we may both wonder where we've been but I would like to preach to you what's on my heart tonight and Romans has an influence from chapter 14 and verse 12 Uh, the scripture simply says this so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Every one of us. Look at your neighbor and say he's talking about you. Amen. You know what a great thing it would be if we could just like hop on this earth, spend a few years, jump off, and that be it. You know, do what you want to do. Every man does what's right in his own eyes. And uh, when we're all through, we're through. But uh, the gravity gets heavier when you simply make the fact that you're breathing his air. And you're going to give an account for him, to him, for every idle word. We're going to give an account to God. Revelation said according to the deeds done in our body. What a a heaviness that brings. I'm going to have to be accountable to God for what I do each and every day. Now think about this with me for a moment. You can go to your college classes and uh, study your chemistry and your biology and Uh, especially get into some of those humanities and they pretty much like to uh, put you at a place to where you know you're the God of your own life, kind of do what you want to do. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. You know, you're you. They'll tell you a story about these two little molecules, these two little cells, these two little... uh, Amoebas that bumped together on the face of the ocean and when they bumped into each other there was a friction of heat and it caused some kind of life and then those cells split and become two cells and then those two cells split and they become four cells and before you know it, a couple billion years, uh, somebody climbs out of the water and it's not too awful long until... Uh, things are going on. They look kind of like monkeys for a while and give them enough time and they'll buy a Cadillac and drive around town and look important. 
only took about 2.5 billion years for all of that to accumulate. Well, you know, if we do enhance that thought pattern and we take that theory and put it in our mind, then we aren't responsible to anyone. I can do what I want to do because I'm not going to have to answer to anyone. But if I read this book and it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And Romans takes time to tell us that I'm going to give an account to God. Uh, That makes a big difference. When that young man drives by and picks up his girlfriend for the night, and, uh, you know, whichever one of those two categories, two little cells bumped together over here, or God created the heavens and the earth, whichever one of those patterns, that's a whole different evening of a date that goes on. If it's over here, then it's, uh, you know, everyone for himself. It doesn't matter. Uh, It's all good. But if it comes over here and God loans you his daughter for the evening, when you bring her back home that night, maybe not then, but someday you're going to stand before God and give an account for every thought and deed that you have. What a difference that is. How does that line up? That kind of makes me feel like maybe I need to go down to the altar for a little while and I might want to moan and groan before God and I might taste repentance and I might have some things that I need to settle up with God along the way. It's not just watch me, here I am, I'm the greatest, I'm the smartest, I do the best things. It comes down to a fact that I'm here to perform the will of God And God's plan for my life is to learn to worship Him and glorify Him and honor Him. And I'm going to give an account for every deed done in my body. Amen. When you just take it for granted that all of those smart people that are at college that have those Degrees hanging on the walls and the certificates, they just keep mounding up. You know, that's impressive. And I'm not making light of education. I think you should get every bit of education you can get. But I do think you need to start out on on the foundation with an understanding that our pastor oversees and cares for our soul because we're going to meet God someday. And our pastor spent more time praying for us than the biology teacher at college. Our pastor has spent more time longing for the presence of the Lord to move into a service just like this and Those things that I couldn't get away from and those addictions that I once had in the presence of the Lord, a move of God and a touch of the Holy Ghost, I can walk out of those and break those chains, break those shackles 
and have the assurance that God has a plan for my life. In the year 2000, the new millennium came in. They took our atomic clock and they set it back one second. Now they did that because as with all physics, the laws, anything that's set in motion is going to tend to stay in motion, but it's going to slow in motion. And in the last 2,000 years, the earth has slowed in its rotation one second in 2,000 years. Just think about that. So if you take that one second in 2,000 years and multiply it by 120,000 years, that means that 120,000 years ago that the day, the cycle of the earth, the rotation of the earth would have been one minute faster than it is today, 120,000 years ago. Now we're going off of their clock, okay? We're chrono on the science side. So here, here's the deal. If you multiply that times 60, which would be 720,000 years ago, the earth would have been an hour instead of 24 hours in a day. There would have been 23 hours in a day. It has slowed as time has gone on. Well, science will tell you that in about 2.5 billion years ago, that that's when life on earth began. And it began on the surface of the water. And the water was the birthplace of life. With that little understanding, if we went back with the earth slowing in rotation, 2.5 billion years ago, there would have been a daylight and a dark every five minutes. Now, what are we going to do with that? There wouldn't have been any water on the earth because it would have slung it all off it was traveling so fast. (laughs) I just want you to know sometimes we sit in those classes and we're Like a sponge, we suck in all that they have to say. But I'm going to tell you there was a day when God stepped out on the balconies of nothing and said, let there be light. And there was light. And God did it right. The first day he says, hey, I'm going to separate the water from the the land. And, uh, you know, he starts growing grass. And he starts uh, putting fish in the ocean. And then he starts putting things on land. And then the sixth day, in all of his ability, God looked at that and said, I'm going to do something special today. Everything else he created by his word. But when it came to man, 
God decided, I'm going to get my hands dirty this time. And the first time God got his hands dirty, he reached down and gathered the dust of the earth and put it in place. Amen. I like to preach about creation. I, I like to talk about the day God was, was creating fish and all the fish and the, the angels worshipped him, worshipped him as he provided fish after fish. And then the day he created the birds. I can imagine the first mallard drake that flew past the balcony of heaven and the angels are high-fiving and they're worshiping God. That's amazing. Look at those little short wings and look at that pretty head and there he goes. Boy, he shot past the balcony. And then God says, uh, okay, watch this. If you think that was something, he creates a little bird about this big and uh, he's, he's jet fast. Man, got a little patch of pretty color on his throat. He flies so fast you can't even see that. You got to wait till he gets up there and hovers like a helicopter. And God let him come by the grandstands and the angels are going, Oh, God, that's magnificent. I can't believe you could do that. And then God sends a flamingo past in all of those colors. (laughs) Creation must have been a great time. Would have been wonderful to be there. And then God says, I'm going to make man in my image and in my likeness and I'm going to have fellowship with him. God created man with a purpose and an intent and that was that man would glorify the name of the Lord, that man would live a life that would bring honor to the Lord. I don't want to get geeky with you tonight. I don't want to act like I know more than I do. I just want to tell you that if you go to your chart of elements, there's about 200 elements on that chart. There's liquids and gases and solids and uh, we've got calcium and we've got uh, plutonium and we've got oxygen and we've got all kinds, all kinds of stuff on that chart. What a great chart that is and God used the dust of the earth if your body your body has a trace of every one of the 200 elements that is on that placard and God put it together man laid there and the angels are peeking over there watching and then God put it just like he wanted it. And then he breathed into man the breath of life. God carefully sought out someone that he could could love and someone he could fellowship with and someone he could have communion with. God longed for that relationship of mankind. Adam sat up, looked around. The angels, man, they went to squalling and a bawling and a clapping and jumping. They look like these young folks around here tonight. They made a couple laps around heaven's balcony, I can imagine, as they were so excited. And in the middle of all of that, God takes man 
and gives him the most valuable possession. Gave man a soul that's going to live in eternity somewhere. You get to make the choice, heaven or hell. I can't make you go to heaven. If I could, I'd come back there and get me three or four of these young men. We'd grab a hold of you and throw you in the altar and sit on you till you talked in tongues and was blue in the face. We'd baptize you whether you wanted it or not. But I can't make that decision for you. That is your choice. God invested in you a living soul and he made you accountable for that soul. You know, we can call the pastor on the phone and say, kind of disguise our voice a little bit. Hey, pastor, I kind of got a cold. I'm not going to make it tonight. Bring me another glass of water. The pastor says, boy, they're, they're sick. We need to pray for them. He stands up and makes a prayer request, and they hang up the phone, go get the fishing pole, and go down and do some fishing. They may fool their pastor. But he knows of a thought you've ever had. He knows where your heart is. The desires and the intent of your heart. He knows every hair on your head. The scripture said he has each one of them numbered. That doesn't mean you got 53,900 hairs. That means that he's got them numbered and he's got them cataloged. And when you lose one, he knows the hair that you lost. Then it comes time to come to church. Praise God. I just want to tell you, coming to church is a serious thing. comes time to come to church we come to stand in the presence of the Lord if I failed him I don't want to come here and leave and take that failure with me I want to find a spot in this church service that I can open my heart and say God I made a mistake I, I'm just I'm just settling up the books with you here. I, I, I'm getting the account figured out, Lord. I'm going to give an account for my soul, and God, I I don't want to ever do that again. I, I don't want to just say I'm sorry and and go back and do the same sin again and again. But I want to be able to come to the house of God, and I want to be able to lay my repentance before the Lord and say, God. Here I am. Search me, Lord. Make me what I ought to be. Guide my thoughts. A good man's steps are ordered of the Lord. God, I don't want to be on some little detour over here with a little personal intent involved over here when I need to be walking the straight and narrow and walking upright before the Lord.
So here's what we come to tonight. Here, here's my whole sermon in a 30-second capsule. You're going to give an account to God. Now that biology teacher, he may have five wives and 19 girlfriends and be proud of that. He may have a little black book that's as thick as the New York telephone directory. Feel happy about it. That may work for him. But when I come to the house of God and I stand in the presence of God, And I feel the Holy Ghost. And God begins to woo us. And God begins to draw us. And God begins to call us. My life is not my own. I was bought with a price. Every breath I take, He knows that breath. When I get angry at the stoplight and more little car rage in there to make me feel better. I better just lift up one hand and say, God, I love you and forget all of that outside interference and come to the house of God. Put my heart in the right place and walk up right before the Lord and say, God, I need you to direct my life every minute, every second. I need you today. Guide my family. Walk with me, Lord. Shall we all stand together this evening? I want us to just lift our hands and entertain the Holy Ghost. Let's wait on the Lord for a second. Who knows but what God, God may call. He may desire us. He may reach for us right now. If you want to step out of the aisle, come to the altar. Let's do that. If you feel more comfortable standing where you are, let's do a little soul searching right now. Let's get to that place, Lord. I am only what I am by your grace. Praise God. That's right. I feel him calling right now. We could preach a little while longer, but the Holy Ghost is beckoning hearts right now. God is wooing. If I were you, I would decide to come and stand in his presence for a little while. Can you honor him right now? Can you lift your face toward heaven and tell him, God, I love you. God, I need you. I desire you, Savior. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to visit us at atwilmington.com. We will see you next time on The Converse.